Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. We've got Luke and Kyle here, and we're excited to share with you a fantastic lineup today. It's a lot going on in the market. We're, first off, happy 4th of July now yeah. that that's over. Okay, did you have a good 4th of July, Kyle? I'm, uh, I'm still recovering from the amount of food I've eaten, but uh, yeah, I'm recovering. <laughs> good thing yeah. it's hot out because I'm sweating every time I walk out the door. You mean so. you don't go on a diet during the, the holiday? Yeah, no, I don't eat less during the holidays, if yeah. that's what you're referring to. Okay. No, you're on the seafood no. diet. Nope. Yeah, I, uh, I, whatever I uh, see, I definitely eat. Yeah, okay. No, I like it for sure. Uh, were you? Did you stay here in Chattanooga or did you go somewhere else? Yeah, stayed here in Chattanooga, uh, smoked some wings. Mm. I had a buddy who smoked a pork butt, mm-hmm. and then my other friend's dad smoked, his, uh, smoked some ribs yeah. all in the same event. So we had got a good it. old barbecue and, uh, yeah, got to just enjoy celebrating America's day. That's awesome, man. I love that. I love that. Um, now we've got, we've got a lot coming in here, you know, unfortunately for some folks, or maybe not unfortunately, I don't know, maybe they enjoy the storm, but down here we've got a, uh, tropical storm Elsa. It's going from hurricane to tropical storm, kind of bouncing a little bit back. Teetering with us. I think, I think last update I saw it was, I was down to a tropical storm, uh, but hitting there. So got a lot going on there. Obviously we're going to take a look. Yeah, not um, only do we have that going you're from on. You're Florida, though. I mean, I'm what, a Florida been, guy. What's been, what's been your experience here? Like, I know obviously it, some of them are some of them are way worse than others. There's a big rage there, but like, what's the sentiment from from Flo- Floridians? What's a hurricane? It's you know, you know like it, we we saw it became it was it was barely even was a, a, a category one hurricane. So what do we think in Florida? We think, you know, go buy some Triscuits, get you a bottle of wine, maybe something that does, maybe some <laughs> tuna cans or something, and have you a nice day. Maybe play some board games. But unfortunately, probably uh, it just passed right on by. We had a lot of rain yesterday, and what happened? We just uh, watered the grass a little bit and uh, went on with the day. Everyone still had to go to work. <laughs> now, I wouldn't call myself a, um, uh, a food connoisseur. I'm definitely not a Gordon Ramsay, but... You're from Florida, and I feel like there's good fishing in Florida. Yeah. Good seafood in Florida. Yeah. And you went to get yourself a can of tuna? I'm talking, well, let's say, okay. So do I, I'm just, I'm clearly, trying to understand here. Clearly not a hurricane person. Well, trying to understand. Power, power goes out. How are you going to refrigerate things? Yep. Can of tuna, can stuff. Yeah. You don't but like, need, but uh, like you could have said like a can of like tomato soup or something. You went, I'm just saying like, I feel like if you have good seafood, why, 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 why take yourself down to the level of canned tuna? No disrespect Just to the canned tuna lovers out yeah. there, but also a ton of disrespect. Agree to disagree. I'm a, I'm a big tuna fan. Yeah. And uh, they sell those individual packets where, you know, you got the uh, spicy Thai chili. You got the buffalo sauce. So it's okay, uh, first thing. I, now I, we're going to packets. I do think the packets are better than the cans. Yes. So I'm with you there. Okay. Okay. So I think we, we found a little common ground. That's good. Clearly, you've never lived through a hurricane. I've never lived, I've through, lived a through five. I, oh, so it's okay. you, what you do is you just buckle down, take you a good hurricane day. Those are my favorite time at the beginning of the school year because right in August you're still on that uh, end of hurricane season, and uh, I always account for a couple of hurricane days. Yeah, get a few days off school. Get a few days yeah. off. You play things some, you don't hear from somebody who's not from Florida. I can't wait for hurricanes. You get like tornado warnings. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have a couple of those. We got a couple of those. But anyways, no. Okay, so that's great. Now. There's also a lot going on in the freight world, um, yeah. and, and we're going to get to that, okay? And don't forget, folks, I'm going to give us an Olympic update here a little bit. You guys know I'm a big Olympic person, love the Olympics, love all it. about that. We're coming up here on the day soon, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit of freight here. A lot going on in the news here. 
Um, I know Kyle's going to share some stuff. Um, one thing that I saw is if you remember, who remembers the Ever Given, right? Do we remember that name? Maybe vaguely, Ever Given, what does that mean? So if you remember from back, I believe it was March now, late March, the Ever Given was the big ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. So ah, it's coming from that China. one. Okay. Exactly right. Going from China. And then it was going through the Suez Canal and it got stuck there. And we know it cost a ton of money to get it out. Very costly. Lots of delays. It bottlenecked things even Billions further. of dollars in backups. Billions of dollars in backups. I think over $5 billion at least um, was the initial estimate. And it might even be higher than that now. Anyways, that ship was just released through customs. They were working on a settlement for what the ship caused. And I think they're coming to a settlement. The official numbers haven't been released initially. They were... They were seeking just under a billion dollars. Um, and the estimate, although it's unconfirmed, we don't know this for sure, is, is, is the settlement is probably going to be closer to $150 million. Of course, that's subject to change. We don't know right. until we get the final numbers. But um, that's where it's looking, at least at the moment. But anyways, it's finally getting released. So three months later. Yeah. And they're finally getting released by uh, officials. And I think yeah, they're probably like, was the captain just a little uh, asleep at the wheel, or was there some sort of manufacturer's error or something that caused this guy to turn to turn to the, the right a little bit? But uh, yeah, but no, very interesting. Speaking of you know billion dollar settlements or even not really settlements, but uh, we saw another acquisition. We're in acquisition time frame. Oh, Clearly, well. summer of money. That's what we're looking at right now. We've seen mergers, we've seen large acquisitions, we've seen billion dollar valuations. What did we just see? Knight Swift has acquired AAA Cooper, a hey, very oh. large Midwest, Southeastern, uh, regional style of LTL provider, which is very interesting. And can you guess for how much? I mean, it's gotta be in the billions, right? Jeez. We don't talk about millions here. $1.35 billion is what that was Congratulations, you are a unicorn. Yeah. it's. Well, let's let's talk about this a little bit because Night Swift, you know, th- that was a big merger back in the day. I wasn't even around for that, really. I was, uh, you know, probably in grade school. But it was, uh, you know, you had two different dynamics of a transactional style with a very, uh, uh, I guess you would say, uh, rigid type of provider where they were they really merged their, together to have a, a good blend of contract spot operation right. asset carrier type of provider. But this is an LTL provider. So for a really long haul, long haul style of, of carrier to acquire an LTL provider, which is very regionalized, that's very interesting in my head because I'm almost like, why? why? Why would you? And I've speculated with some of our research staffs and I was like, first thing I thought of was, okay, are they going to, could this be a final mile kind of play? Knight Swift is a very smart organization. So they're not, and obviously one point, Three five billion dollars. I mean, that's not just like a yeah. We're just gonna throw all this on black and that's see how Sunday, and see it's a how Sunday that, lunch for them. Come yeah, on, that's just a, that's just here? a couple coins in the pocket. But yeah. uh, but Boy, an LTL a change, a little pocket change. But uh, yeah, an LTL. I'm I just can't believe it. I mean, yeah. what are your? Th- you didn't really play too much in the LTL game, but if you can imagine someone who just traditionally only did long haul truckload. Yeah. Now they're doing. They acquire an LTL provider. My my initial thought, which wasn't all that profound, so you know, stay in your seats here. But it was just you know, Night Swift. They're so big in the truckload game. Um, I think they they kind of you know tiptoe uh, for being the large. I think they are the largest in terms of the number of assets right in the truckload space. And the way I saw it was, huh? Maybe they're just going to go ahead and test their foot at the LTL game, and they're going to buy this company and see if they see what they can do with it. 
right? Right. Just simply as a test. Obviously, they're going to probably combine networks and resources. We understand that. But I think the real test will be to see, can they maybe transition? Can they provide extra value to this? And if right. they can, maybe they'll continue to expand those efforts and service offerings. Right. Um, that's my initial thought. Obviously, time will tell, of course. But um, but a bunch know, of acquisitions happening. Right? A lot of acquisitions happening. Money's flowing. Money's flowing. And, and they're big, too. They're not yeah. small. I can imagine how long this has been on the table. But no, it's it's crazy because now we can ship this to a little bit of the trucking markets. So the trucking markets have been just in flux for the past year and a half. And, and so, you know, we saw a big transition, I think, in something that you're, we're going to talk about, which is in the southeast. Southeast has just became really the hotspot for rate per miles. If you're a trucking company and you really are, you know, more transactional focused, right. the southeast, specifically Atlanta, has been the, the really the hotspot to get that higher rate per mile. And and it begs to ask the question, why? Just because it, it just shifts overnight. But I think that's really because Savannah's starting to really heat up. Well, Savannah's really heating up, and obviously that causes Atlanta, which is a massive consumer market, to, right. to really heat. Atlanta's an interesting market. So Atlanta floats between the top one and two spots in terms of largest outbound markets. It's like 4% entire, market share. Yeah, in the entire country. It typically competes with... Uh, Ontario, California for being the biggest market in terms of, you know, amount of volume that leaves Atlanta right. uh, on a continuous basis. And yeah, it's got around four, I think sometimes it's up to 5% of the nation's outbound freight flows through Atlanta or something like that. So it's, right. a, it's a massive, massive number. And what's interesting about that is even because it's so massive, there is, there's times when Atlanta actually becomes a backhaul market. And you're like, Surely, Atlanta cannot be a backhaul market, but there's long stretches of time throughout the year where it will be a backhaul market, and it really just depends on how there's how a lot of freight is flowing through Savannah. Yeah. Obviously, right now that's not that's not the case, and we saw a flip not yeah. that long ago. Well, let's try to let's work on that to get just let's look at OTBI versus ITBI in a chart. Absolutely, and and so, but that's the biggest thing. I mean, we we've been in this industry long enough to understand when some of these big markets flip like that, and a lot of times for brokers, cares. it's always like, when does your pricing fail is when you start figuring that out. When do I stop receiving, you know, stop winning these loads that I always offer? And when do I, when does the pricing all of a sudden become unprofitable and now I'm in the red? And it's when it flips. California does it. Any of these big markets that have a ton of demand, all of a sudden supply go, goes through the roof and now you have this influx of it be going from a head haul to a back haul market. Yeah. And then that's when you see it. And so I think you got it working now. We do have it working now, and a, and a great example of this, before we throw Atlanta on the screen, is I was talking with some carriers today, okay? And, you know, traditionally, a lot of carriers like to avoid the Northeast unless they have specific, you know, routes set up there, some operations set up there. A lot of them try to avoid that area of the spot market. And I was talking to a carrier today, and he was telling me, listen, New Jersey is hot right now. And yeah. it is. The Port of New York, New Jersey is hot. Philly area around southern New Jersey is hot as well. He's right. getting great rates out there. So, you know, it all goes to show you that just because an area traditionally runs a certain way doesn't mean that you know that that's the way it's always going to run. That sometimes these things just flip like crazy. So let's go ahead and throw up on the screen what we've got in front of us here. And this shows a perfect picture of exactly what we're talking about. So everybody focus on the blue line real quick. The blue line, this is year to date that we're looking at here. This is a daily update. But what Sonar tells us is that the blue line is the outbound volume. So all you need to think of the blue line is great. That's essentially loads that shippers are shipping out of Atlanta today. So they're originating in Atlanta and leaving, period. Demand for trucks. 
demands for truck, right? Yep. Load shippers need move. The green line is what's coming into Atlanta, um, which is great for understanding, okay, is the resupply of loads coming in? Are those trucks that are delivering loads into Atlanta, are they going to be able to resupply the demand of trucks that need to leave Atlanta? Um, so the green line there, notice on the left hand of the screen in the beginning of the year, the green line is traditionally ahead of the blue line. Sometimes they do come close together, which we see in the middle of February, right? But for the most part, that green line is what is above tiny little dip there. But for the most part, it's above. And that's the blue supply? Line. Sort of, right? So that, that's the volume that's coming into Atlanta. Okay, so gotcha. that would be the resupply of trucks that are going to take loads out of Atlanta. So it's a great way to think about it is when the green line is above the blue, it's a backhaul. When the blue line is above the green, it's a head haul. Right. And so for, for a carrier, why, why would that be important for a carrier? Very simple, right? If you're a carrier, all, right, it's, it's, we know the market's hot right now. The question is, where is, it the, where is it the hottest? Where is my truck the most valuable? And what you want to know is, is there a place right. where my truck is needed the most? Right. It's as simple as that. All you want to know is, where is my truck needed the most? And that's what this tells you. So when that blue line, look, notice right here, that's in the beginning of May. What's that? Probably May 3rd. That's what my birthday is, so best day in May. Um, <laughs> Who would have thought such a shift were to happen on this birthday? I know, birthday? right? <laughs> you know, hey, Luke had a lot of gifts to order. So, yeah. you, know, you know, we really shifted the market there. Technically, I think it's like, might be May. I think it might be May 4th. But anyways, we're going to call it May 3rd. The point is, folks, when that green line dips below the blue, that's when you know there's a shortage of trucks. Basically. There is more demand. Basically, shippers need more trucks to ship their freight out, and there's not enough trucks coming in to resupply, so you're going to have to deadhead trucks in. Right. That's when you know clear signal, Atlanta's hot. My truck is needed in Atlanta. It is valuable in Atlanta right now, right. and the competition is not going to be as stiff. Right, or if you are consistent in that market, let's say you are an Atlanta-based carrier, and you are... You, you stay at this one price all the time. Maybe you're a broker as well. Maybe you, you're used to, you know, this is how it always runs, right yeah. about this price. What that can do, and this is why it's so important to be that signal, is that the alternative is what? You get it, you losing loads. You're right. looking at load board postings, and then all of a sudden you're wondering why trucks are saying no to, you know, they're hiking up the price on, on you as a broker. This right here can be that signal since it is updated daily so that you can, it proactively start shifting your pricing, right. start proactively reaching out, trying to get more lead time. You know, when we're talk, talking to some of our guys out, out north in the Buffalo area, um, we, were, we were talking about signals and what can we do. Right, right there, you can really be able to shift things on a dime. Yeah. Right. And, and the thing is, is after a couple of weeks of this, maybe if you're lucky after a week or two, the carriers will figure this out, and then eventually the brokers will figure it out. Right. You don't want to wait that long. You have so much more levers than that. And that's right. what this is telling you. It's telling you, hey, your truck just got more value. It's very simple, right? You buy a house, and, and if the value goes up, you want to know that. Right. You want to know if the value of your house goes up before you sell it. So do you want to know that after you sell your house, or do you want to know that right before you sell your house? And that's exactly what this is telling you. It's telling you, listen, the value of your truck just went up. What are you going to do? Exactly. What are you going to do? No, or the value of your truck went down in some cases. What are you going to do? Yeah. Are you going to go somewhere else where it's worth more? Or are you going to stay where you are? Sometimes you do have to stay where you are, but it does allow you to make certain adjustments. 
And even if you're not working in the Atlanta market, knowing that because it is such a player, it's oh, yeah. top one, maybe two sometimes of the market share of the total, that 85% that we see, that $215 billion worth of annual transactions that we see as it's being offered, not just voluntary postings that your provider gives to you every once in a while, it really gives you a, a, a leg up against not only your competition, but risk. Because yep. if you think about it from a shipper's perspective, if I'm someone that works in Atlanta and I have freight and I'm trying to get it covered and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting quotes back or my tenders are being rejected or whenever I'm sending, you know, whoever I'm working with all of a sudden starts rejecting the loads that I normally give them, I want to know that. Yeah. I don't want to have to start reacting. And the next thing I know, my CFO is beating down my door saying like, why did our transportation spend just increase overnight? And you're like, I don't know. Our providers just started increasing their prices or rejecting the, the loads that we need for them to pick up. Exactly. Just It allows you to be proactive. Um, something I've got here on the screen for us, just since we were talking a lot about market share, remember, think of market share as what percent of the nation's freight ships out of this area. You so, know, the, the big old piece of the big apple pie. Exactly. Fourth right. of July still running in my veins, you know? Come on. You know, Luke's a little slow probably from the, from the meat sweats over the weekend, but He'll, he'll, he'll keep up. I make a mean <laughs> burger, my friend. Anyways, um, so you can see the darker the blue is where there's a larger amount of freight that leaves that market on a daily basis. It basically says what percent of the nation's freight is in those. The lighter color areas, lighter color areas have less freight. So Atlanta, I'll hover over that 4 point, almost almost 4.35% right. of the nation's freight. It's a ton. Quickly followed by Ontario, California at 4.2%. And then um, Dallas, a uh, uh, distant third at three point almost. 2%. It's it's crazy, and really, I mean, if we're going to try crazy to look how at how biased it is in some of those areas. Well, let's just look at correlations here. What did we just? I mean, these are massive inland empires. Yeah, these are Ontario market, leveraged by the the twin ports there of L.A. Long Beach. It's not the port market specifically. It's usually one up from the port. So Atlanta is fed by Savannah, Dallas. Yep. Fed by Houston, Ontario, fed, fed by LA and Long Beach. Goes into another. I mean, we beat people up for this. Like, you got, you can't just look at the volume. That's why looking at these this yeah. port activity, even if you're. Let's do it again. Harrisburg, fed by you know New York, New Jersey, holy, and even the port of Philly. Holy cannoli! I can keep going, people. <laughs> no, it's it's so, it's so accurate in that sense because what if we? I mean, all these ports honestly have the same amount of output. They haven't been able to really increase the amount of output that they can do. I mean, they could only get as much workers out. I mean, they can only turn these containers right. out as fast as they can. It's there, not like overnight they can just increase there their production or their productivity that fast. So what's happening is that we're getting all of this demand and it's just constant. And so we're seeing all of those warehouses in those areas of Dallas, Ontario, Atlanta, Harrisburg. All these areas are just consuming all this all this freight to then be distributed out. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's freaking crazy. But kind of makes you wonder how much freight has to go to you know like Tokyo right now for the Olympics. That's a great question. Um, I wonder what the supply chain is like for that. Um, I, that's a good. Well, well, you think about the Olympics like that's something that they prepare with a long time in advance. And I feel like there's massive bids that they go on some you know. Years yep. in advance, so that they're working with a lot of construction. I, I think honestly, construction is a bigger piece. So, what I'd be interested in is does, does the construction that has to take place for the Olympics is it enough in a place like 
you know, Tokyo or LA or Paris, some of those massive market cities, is it yeah. enough to throw up the supply chain of other construction companies that are trying to order supplies? Yeah, that's actually quite interesting. It was during COVID, but is it for the Olympics? And and similarly, and when when is the Olympics supposed to go off? Uh, it's uh, st- the opening ceremony. I forget. It's uh, July twenty eighth or something. Okay, so the is, end of this uh, month. Right around. So there. still really, right it's really close. Somebody and and so, interestingly enough, Tampa guy, hockey fan. Yeah. My my Lightning are in the Stanley Cup Finals, potentially able to clinch the Stanley Cup tonight. But when they they just came up from, they're playing uh, Montreal, and yeah. so in Canada. I'd be a little Tampa double dip. You got they the only, Super Bowl. They, the they only allow yeah, well, back to back Stanley Cup champions. So, you, but interesting enough for them is that Canada still hasn't. There's they're like maxed out at three thousand people in that stadium. They Crazy. only allow a certain percentage of people to go in. They had yeah. more people outside the stadium. They had 25,000 people outside the stadium than inside. Reason why I bring that up, do you think that the construction amount that they're going to do in Tokyo is going to be different because they're not expecting that many people to travel? That's a great question. So um, two things before I answer that uh, adjustment. Olympics will be July 23rd through August 8th, so it's a little off there. Appreciate it to the folks You were back. correct in the end of July. I knew it was end of July, but uh, <laughs> I was a little too end of July. Yeah. Um, so maybe, so what we have to remember, right, so with Tokyo, Tokyo's, uh, I believe it's the largest city in the world when you factor in the metro area. Right. So there are larger cities that have in-city population, but as far as the metropolitan area of Tokyo, it's nearly 40 million people, I believe. Absolutely massive. Um, so th- there's going to be construction that's that's going to happen. Some of it they'll have already just have for their right. own personal use there, right? And and they might think be a little proactive. Hey, we want to update these areas now. They don't. They won't have to use all that because they're only allowing spectators, you know, native spectators. So you know. From mm. Japan, right? So you have to, uh, I guess, be a permanent resident of Japan. That's crazy. To to the even for right now, because that was the same thing with which is really with sad up in for, Canada. You know, because you athletes, you know, they want their parents, parents there, their yeah. spouses. That was the or biggest their kids. Thing. Like, can you um, imagine that? Like, for the for the Lightning, they same thing. They couldn't. The families weren't allowed. Yeah. So it was only players could cross that border, and uh, and so families had to stay oh. home. For the folks watching, I think we're improved Luke wrong mode because now, you know, the folks in the back here are telling me that the greater 37. Tokyo area is 37 million. I said 40 million. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's, come on. Get, get, come on. Give me you, a little If you've ever had a sales here. process with Luke, you know that maybe I round up. Sorry, folks. Nearest <laughs> round number here. Yeah, okay? no, no, that's, that's spot on. But, you know, I, we're coming six and a half minutes. One thing I really wanted to bring up was our critical events page. Yeah, because I think that's we are great. coming. You know, this was the first hurricane of the year. So, Florida, really, the it Tropical came up storm. through Cuba, right up the the east or the west coast of Florida, uh, up through the Gulf, and it really stayed in that Naples to Tampa to Gainesville kind of let's, region. Let's hit it. And so, some things that we never really hit on is going to be our critical events page. Boom! Look at this guy. And I'm about so, to boom, click what that. we're looking at. Look at that. Our assets. And assets are defined as port, seaports, rail ports, uh, refineries, airports. Um, and so anything that can really affect the supply chain. And so just what Luke did was he clicked on Elza. And, and lo- it breaks down really what has happened 
uh, since that's, and throw a forecast on there as well. So reason why this is so powerful, I remember being a broker and having to deal with these and just trying to feel like, okay, is the, are the markets really shifting from this storm or is it just people are fearful? And, and this gives you within the same platform that you get the tender data, you get the ocean data, you get the rail data, you also have this that you can now leverage with your customers to say, hey, you're getting, you're getting hit right now. And we can see it with the tender data because it's updated daily. So I, I posted something the other day and, and, and we already saw lead time start to shift, tender rejections start to increase. So it's, it's very interesting to see and it's, and it's a big piece uh, of the pie once we start getting into the, yeah. the um, hurricane season that plagues the southeast. So there's a lot of severe weather, some tornado watches going on there in south uh, Georgia there, uh, as well as northern, uh, northeastern Florida. Looks like uh, South Carolina is where uh, it's supposed to hit. So yep. it'll be a tropical depression by then, which means gusts are going to be around 45 miles per hour. So that's up there around, um, you know, right where South Carolina, right in the middle of South Carolina there. Right. Um, and then it's going to continue north through uh, the Greensboro area of North Carolina where it looks exactly. like it'll eventually die. But it should bring a lot of rain with it, cause a little bit of delays there. Again, really around the Jacksonville, Tallahassee right now, and then eventually Savannah and Charleston might see a little bit of that um, additionally. Like, looks like right now we've got some medium risk there on the assets there in Savannah. That's going to be heavy. Those assets are really going to be uh, surrounded by the ports there. Um, but yeah, no, great stuff. Um, I think we got some TikToks to react to, so we're going to move on to that. So stay tuned with us if you guys want to see some scary, funny TikToks. I'm not really sure what the folks in the back have planned for us, but uh, I love it. Here we go. Let's see what we got. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> is that a, oh, no. Is that a cow? No, 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 no. Hey, mama. No, no. We don't have guests. I got a we're friend. Can today. he come in? Oh, no. Say goodbye. Can you imagine? That reminds me of like the bear one we saw. That's like when you bring ago. a friend home and it's like. Hey, mom, let me talk to you real quick. Just met this guy, new neighbor. Can he come over for dinner? No? Okay. Says he makes the best burgers in town. He's uh, he's a real good guy. Trust me, he'll do the <laughs> yard for us. All right. Good. That's a scary boy. Uh-uh. Oh, that's more like it. That's actually, Luke, is that your hat? I feel like you're you're one of those guys that's gonna have one oh, of those that's old like Richie, English. Richie's, Richie's got one. Oh, of that's Mr. Daigle from yeah. uh, from Put That Coffee Down. That's right. Doing a quick little uh, uh, show launch a here. Appearance, a little appearance. George. Oh yeah, there he is. Oh, there you go. Yeah, bro, you got the snacks? Yeah, the red the red ones. Oh, oh. oh what? Is that snake? Oh my god! I thought that was a speed bump. Dude, Holy I was not crap. ready for that. That's like a giant anaconda or something. I, I don't. And, have, he, and the dog just—he's like, "Whoa, where did this thing come from?" I like that the snake didn't like hardly react though. Guy's probably already eating the goat, and he's just chilling. Like I can't. Move. Yeah, the cow. That this is probably awesome. like Luke after Fourth of July, just like, "Help me!" Bold of you to assume. Help me after Fourth of July. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh man, John Cena coming in with the chair. Oh, whoa! No, but like, think about that. He came back. You have to make, mm. you have to make a thoughtful decision. Respect that guy. Back. That that, that kid has hey. probably seen WWE. He's a Ric Flair. That dude is a champion. Man. Oh. To come back facing your adversaries, <sighs> yo, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of life lessons. Face in your that. fears. Don't be afraid of the ghost. But if you got to face on. your fears, bring he ran a chair. away. He had to take a minute to reset. 
get the resources he needed, Wham. and he came back and boom! Whammy. All right, I like it. Can I get the one more? Can I get some more? I can digits? tell my no, wife. No, you don't need something right. every time we go to the store. Mom, please. Clearly a scientist. Sheesh. Oh, can we boy. Take a picture real quick? Yeah. Swag. Sheesh. Swag. Right there? Yeah. Bet I can jump over it. No cap. What does that even mean, cap? I don't know. I hear all the kids say it. Did you get it? Did you get it? Give some snacks for the road. No, you don't need any snacks. Mini muffins? Mom, these are buzzing. Ooh. Why do I feel like what? I'm watching my kid? Yeah. Does your kid Mommy, do? Isn't your kid like three? Yeah, but dude, you'd be surprised. You'd be that surprised. Does he tell you no cap? He's like, hey, it's time for well, bed. He no cap, Dad? He doesn't know any sayings, but he just makes stuff up. I got little Which is no different. Little mochi. No cap. Hold on, Mom. Let me get Oh, boy. No, it's like the snack thing is so real, dude. Eat that much for supper. <laughs> oh, real. That is so real. Let me right uh -oh. into the belly. Uh -uh. Get that. That was Luke's swimming career in a nutshell. Dude has the right response. He's drooling. That was a little gross, but that was the right, that was the correct response. Oh, Jesus. No. Wow. Oh, Jesus. No. What? It, what? Is that a cat? That thing is gone. It just teleported over there. That was a cat? That's the reason why I don't have cats. My dogs don't do that. Yeah. Don't they don't do cats. it. Sorry. Cat people out there? Uh, How about you? He doesn't want us to see. Watching it. That's an eye of some sort. <laughs> oh, man. Like an R2D2. That was on that was slow mo as well. 100% slow mo. Wow. Do you ever have you ever had to mess around with your, your wife in a way where you're playing a prank or something and your son was like, don't no, do it? No, I'm trying to think here. No. I, I have gotten like a couple freakouts when I yeah. like pranked her. Yeah. Like there was one time. So we were. We were getting ready for church and she so like you know like at the sink yeah there's like you have the faucet the but then you got the sprayer you tied so it down. I, I taped the sprayer and then she went to turn on the sink and then boom she got nailed and she screamed and then our little one just kind of went up and was like mama everything okay she didn't know what was going on but uh, quality pranks i got good pranks that's my it. pranks are, are mostly harmless though like I don't, I don't i don't want my pranks to hurt people i didn't get that one I sorry totally missed that one sorry totally sorry. missed that one Ah, oh, accurate, accurate, accurate for sure. Doom, doom, doom. Surprised they actually got their charger though. To be honest. did you know? Speaking of chargers, that not that I have a Rolex, but if you have like an Oyster Rolex and you have the new charger that goes on the back of your phone, it magnetizes it and messes up your phone and or messes up your watch, and you got to go get it fixed. Learn that on TikTok for any Rolex wearers out there. I was gonna say. Well, I feel like. You're from Florida. I feel like you would have a Rolex. Yeah. No. I'm, uh, I'm saying like. I know it's natural for, for Floridians to just have yachts and get. yeah, ride around in Lambos. I mean, isn't it like, like the Lambos like the, on you, dude? The U.S. like watch show or something's in. Probably. In Anyways. But Anyways, uh, good let's stuff, give it a wrap. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sticking around with us for those that did uh, to react to some TikToks with us. Um, a lot going on in the world today for those down in uh, Florida and uh, South Georgia. Stay safe with Elsa. Hopefully everything's going well. 
And uh, as well, especially for those that are driving, uh, do stay safe. And if you want to learn more about Sonar, please don't hesitate to reach out to Luke and Kyle. We'll be happy to get you taken care of. And have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next Wednesday. Really? Really? Listen, like, nobody These bad boys. Limited edition. Nobody wants to see that. Oh, Michael Jordan is going to be Nobody wants to see that. Dude, the the six foot five just whop right over your... Yeah, that hurt. I'm still thinking about that. Hurts having to rewatch it.